Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 28. guys welcome to the show thanks for coming back if you're a repeat offender i mean repeat listener and uh, if you're new to the show i want to say uh thanks for checking it out hope that you enjoy hope you hit subscribe hope you leave a positive review if there's anything you don't like um well there's other podcasts no i'm just kidding you go ahead and send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com i'm happy to hear your suggestions also would love to hear your stories and have you come on the show um, you know, it's been uh, a couple busy weeks for me, and so been able to line up a few podcasts. I'm very excited about today's. But before I get into that, super excited to tell you that first off, today's podcast is brought to you by uh, Black Coffee, um, as it should be. I know some of you might like, um, you know, uh, creamer and sugar. Uh, I, I think that's gross. I still love you, but it's just nasty. Um, so this, this uh, segment is brought to you by this black coffee that I'm drinking right now. Oh, yeah, that's good. Anyway, uh, getting on with it, uh, got, uh, my buddy Travis Shire just released a video that I want you guys to go check out sometime today. Uh, it is on YouTube if you look up Shedding Light Outdoors. Or if you go on our Facebook page, just follow Shutting Light Outdoors and you'll get all of our stuff. Um, but he's been working on this video over the summer, and it is 2018 season. It's called Traditional Journey. Uh, three years ago, Travis Shire started uh, using his longbow again. He actually had to harvest his first, his dad made him harvest his first deer with a longbow before he could get a compound. And he picked it back up three years ago and had a couple crazy seasons and some challenges. And um, he kind of talks a little bit about that in this this video. But 2018, he had a great year. was able to take three deer with his longbow. And he chronicles the story. It's, it's different than anything that we've ever done before. We've typically just done short videos that are just kind of like, you know, real quick and to the point. Uh, this is a lot more entertaining, I think. Uh, Trav does a great job just kind of laying out how his season went and what the journey was like to get there. So encourage you guys to go over to YouTube, Facebook, check that out. hope that you'll like it. hope you'll share it and uh, help my buddy out because he worked hard on that and did a great job. Uh, today we're going to jump into our interview. had a great interview with a young lady named Caitlin Moss. Uh, Caitlin, you might, uh, you might follow her on Instagram. She has quite the following. I didn't even realize that. I kind of was joking back and forth with her on a post that she made about uh, she said the best thing in life is being up 20 feet in the air or something like that. And I said, disagree. I like to be 25 or 30 feet. <laughs> and she wrote back with a good response. She said, well, that depends on concealment. And I was like, you know what? She's right. And I need to have this girl on the podcast. Uh, she knows what she's talking about. And if you look through her pictures on Instagram, she's been all over the place, been able to hunt a lot of different animals. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this. We talk about a big whitetail. She was able to take uh, her first hunts, muleys, coyotes, turkeys. We talk about all of it here in about a half hour. And then at the end, she talks a little bit about what advice she would give to uh, either get a young lady into hunting or, uh, guys, if you want to get your daughters or get your girlfriends or wives or whatever into hunting, she has a pretty solid advice on, on how to do that. So hope that you enjoy this podcast interview i thought it was awesome think you're going to enjoy it uh, i got a few words to stay to say afterwards but we're going to go ahead and, and start that right now so here we go hey guys i am here with caitlin moss she hails from pennsylvania but she is going to college right now in missouri uh, she is a marketing major and i just want to say caitlin welcome to the show thanks for having me 
Well, give us a little introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, uh, what you're pursuing in college, and then we'll get into hunting here in a little bit. But just kind of give us a little background into who Caitlin is. Well, um, as you said, I am from Pennsylvania. Um, uh, the main reason I went to Missouri um, when I graduated from high school, I wanted to do something with agriculture. Um, and so agriculture is just bigger in the Midwest, and which is kind of what took me to Missouri. Um, I'm no longer an animal science ag major, but um, I have a lot of friends and stuff out there, so it's kind of why I stayed, and I really like the school. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of why I'm in the Midwest, and I bounce all around, really, but um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, so talk, talk to us a little bit about, um, we were talking before we hit record, a little bit about marketing. What's kind of led you down that path, and do you have any, um, you know, kind of what's your plans uh, with that? Um truthfully i'm still trying to figure that out <laughs> i i i chose marketing because it's very broad and you can get into a lot of different fields and um since i'm not animal science anymore i mean i grew up showing and raising animals which is what kind of led me to agriculture um but i realized that's better for me to have as more of like a hobby i guess um mm -hmm. so then i changed obviously majors and marketing is just broad and you know you can use it in a lot of different things and i i feel like i'm pretty business mind you know mindset savvy i guess um mm -hmm. so that's kind of just why i chose that um and like i said i don't really know exactly what i want to do so that kind of helps me um have like a broad list of options <laughs> uh, when i do figure it out yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but just in general, I think it's kind of crazy. Sometimes we, we throw high schoolers into college and say, all right, figure out in the next year what you want to do for the rest of your yeah. life. And it's, I mean, that's a big, I mean, I, I remember I changed majors halfway through college and it's, that's a big thing to try and figure out. And even as you get older, a lot of people do a career change and it's, you know, they're not even in their major just because, you know, we're unsatisfied with those things. So that's probably smart to keep a, a broad uh, broad look, and then later on you can get more specific with it. So, well, good. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about hunting. Uh, you know, uh, talk talk to us a little bit about how you got into hunting and what you grew up, what animals. I know that you've kind of looking through your Instagram. I've seen that you've you've killed a bunch of different types. So, tell us a little bit about the intro. Well, um, I've been hunting as long as I can remember. Um, my dad is a very avid whitetail hunter, um, and so. My parents, growing up, they worked opposite shifts, um, so my dad would take me with him in the woods when he would go hunting during the day um, because he worked night shift, um, and so I just kind of grew up with it. I, I've always been involved, and I've always liked it, um, and like I said, I grew up raising like animals and stuff, so primarily growing up, it was just like rifle season um, was about the only time I would really get out. I'd get out a little bit in turkey season, but my dad was never a big turkey hunter, so we didn't ever have much luck. Um, but I kind of just grew up deer hunting, and as I got older and went to college, I don't have animals anymore, so hunting has just been more of my focus, and now I'm really, like I've always loved it, but I'm, I'm able to have a little bit more free time to really focus and and get better at it and improve and I don't know I just it's just definitely a passion of mine and um, I guess my first my first memory it was kind of funny my first memory um, actually in the woods is I, I want to say I was like three or four maybe and um, like I said my dad's a big whitetail hunter and rifle season was always a big deal around here and 
um, you have to wear the safety orange color. Mm -hmm. And I was just so small that I couldn't fit in anything that was like actually like hunting clothes. So my dad put me in like a Halloween pumpkin costume. <laughs> and that was the first like outdoor like memory that I have. And he took me hunting like that. And <laughs> I don't remember if we actually got anything or anything, but like, I don't know, it just like sticks with me. And I know there's a photo somewhere, I just have to find it. But it's funny because like, we always talk about how like that was my first like outing. <laughs> that is awesome. That's a really good idea. I, I got a girl that's turning three here in a week, and so that might be. I think we have a pumpkin costume. So at least <laughs> you know, at least I'd know where she's at. You know, I'd, right. I would go to lose her. Uh, that's awesome. That's great. Well, do you remember uh, kind of looking back? What was your? Do you remember your first uh, deer or first turkey or whatever it was that you you know the first animal you were able to harvest? Oh, absolutely. Um, my first deer was a doe. Um, I was 12 years old and I remember, uh, it was in rifle season. I had a 243 and the gun was pretty much bigger than I was. So <laughs> you can imagine 12 year old girl trying to carry a gun. Um, we were, it was my dad, my, uh, uncle and I, and we were walking up this old logging road and I remember there was snow on the ground and we saw this doe bedded and she really wasn't bedded that far maybe like 60 70 yards and they were like oh there's a deer and so i got up and was trying to get ready and my dad like had to help me hold this gun up because i i could barely hold it up <laughs> and um i i don't know how this i think i was just meant to shoot this deer because i i don't know i probably put this gun on her for like almost a minute before I actually pulled the trigger because I was just so like I gotta get this right like and, and I just wanted everything to be perfect and so luckily she didn't run away and I got her and I just remember being so excited and and I don't know it was just a really awesome experience and then my dad ended up shooting a buck later that day so that was just like really cool to like share that with him and you know my first year so everybody's so excited and taking pictures and all that kind of stuff it was it was awesome. Oh yeah. That sounds like a special experience. I mean, and I, I'm trying to put myself in your dad's shoes too, trying to think about, you know, waiting. I'm sure it felt like five minutes to him, like pull, yes. the, trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. <laughs> yes, for sure. He, he was like, I don't know how that thing didn't run away. And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but it was uh, so fun. That's awesome. But, it's crazy I mean, how, like how vivid those things can stick in your mind. You remember that, that well, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, I mean, that, that's what got me hooked. Like, I mean, like I said, I've grown up around it, but actually like being able to go out for myself and not just, you know, tag along with my dad, like, and actually shoot one. Like it was just, it was exciting and awesome and I'm still doing it. So <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, uh, you know, since then you're now in college. So what, what hunts have stood out to you? Any favorites that kind of rise to the top as you look back you know, you started with that first deer and now, you know, it's been some years since then. What, what hunts kind of rise to the top for you? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's honestly like so many that, that like stick with me for various reasons. Um, and I, I have honestly been very fortunate the past few years. Um, my best friend in college, um, she, sh you know, we both hunt and we live together. And so like, we go on a hunts all over like the country. And so, um, being in college, like she, she's ahead of me. So she graduated already, but, um, I've been taking online classes just so I have a little bit extra free time, especially like in the fall and I can kind of organize my own schedule. 
that way. Um, and so, like, we've gone to Wyoming. I mean, we've gone to Kansas. We've gone Illinois, like, just all different places. And so, like I said, I have so many, like, so many hunts that just, like, stick with me. And, and so, like, sharing just in general, just sharing my passion with like my best friend and my dad, like they're all really special. Yeah. Um, I don't know, honestly, I really love Kansas. And I would say my, like the one hunt that sticks out to me is my first actual bow kill, um, is my biggest deer to date. And, um, he's a 142 inch eight pointer. And I don't know why, but just like, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to bow hunt and I, I shot a lot of deer with a crossbow, but like getting a compound and like, just, I was by myself and like, just kind of having everything fall into place. And then shooting this awesome deer was just like, probably like, I don't know. It was just like a really great moment for me. Cause I was like, wow, I actually could do this. And I did it by myself and like super yeah. exciting. And this, I got this big deer and stuff like that. So I would say that's probably like my favorite hunt that I've ever had just because like everything fell in place and it was just really awesome and exciting. yeah walk, walk <laughs> us through that walk us through that a little bit so what where were you hunting and and how did that all how did that all work out for you to get that that big buck down so um i i mean i've i've this was my very first like outfitted hunt um but it wasn't like 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 i said i was by myself like we were pretty much just told okay these are the different stand options and um you can you can choose what stand you want to go to and and kind of you know pick it that way so we did and they they dropped us off and we had to hike back and find our own like find the stand and everything and um so the first like couple days of that hunt was just kind of frustrating like i was seeing good deer but not like shooters and you know like going through an outfitter they're kind of particular about you know they don't want young deer shot and stuff and mm -hmm. so I was like, well, you know, it's getting down to it. And then we were there for five days and I think it was like day four. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if it's going to happen. And I really, I, I didn't care what I shot. I just wanted to get a deer with a bow. Like that was just my goal. And, um, so the, the last time I go out in the stand and I'm sitting there, it was the evening hunt and I had this button buck come out and he was just like feeding in front of me and just kind of milling around doing his thing. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. And all of a sudden he like picks his head up and he's like looking like kind of to where like my right. And he's, he's, he's like staring and, and then he'd start feeding again. And then he'd pick his head up and I'm like, okay, well there's obviously another deer over there or something. And I played it out in my head that if a buck stepped out, cause there was like this limb that was kind of coming out. So I really couldn't see where he was looking. Um, and then there was this one tree, like it was like straight out in front of me. It was exactly 20 yards. And I was like, okay, if a deer steps out, I'm going to make sure he's a shooter. When he gets behind this tree, I'm going to draw back and it's going to hopefully go the way I want it to. And sure enough, a big buck steps out and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the biggest deer I've ever seen in person. And I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta keep it together. And Sure enough, like it was like textbook, exactly how I envisioned it. He stepped out, gave me a good look, and then he, he walked over behind this tree and I drew back and he turned and like, it was just like perfect. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I cried in the stand for like 20 minutes after I shot because I was like, that did not just happen. Like it was so exciting. And you knew you and, made a good shot. Yeah, it was, it was, everything just went perfectly. And I was like, wow, like I can't believe I held it together like on this giant deer. So it was awesome. 
Yeah, I'm. I just actually I was scrolling through Instagram because I had to see a picture, and this is a giant deer. Like I think I would cry for twenty minutes <laughs> if I was in the stand and saw. Yeah, I'd, I'd cry before I saw it, but before I shot, probably. I mean, this thing is is awesome. Uh, if you guys want to see it real quick, I'll give you Kate Caitlin's uh, handle here. It's Caitlin M underscore thirty four, and that's uh, K and then eight is uh, the the middle part there. So K eight L I N M underscore thirty four, and you can see this buck. But holy cow, Caitlin, that is an awesome story with a great buck. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, I, also as I was looking through, it looks like you've been able to have some success with some muleys as well. So, um, if you am I am I seeing that right? I've shot one mule deer. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that was, this is actually the absolute hardest hunt I've ever been on. Um, this was last fall in November, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was November. Um, and it was in Nebraska, and I was with uh, a really good friend of mine and one of his friends. And um, it was a DIY public land uh, Nebraska hunt, which the tags that we had, we could shoot either a whitetail or a mule deer. Um, and it was out in like, I think it's called the Sand Hills. So it's like pretty far west in Nebraska, um, like north of Colorado. And uh, we were out there and like, I do a lot of filming, like all my hunts and stuff. So we were filming. And so we were kind of tag teaming. One of us would film while, you know, one person was hunting. So I was up to film first. And we were, we were out there for five days. And it was literally the most brutal like conditions as far as like hiking. I mean, I've been on elk hunts in Colorado and Wyoming and stuff. And like, I don't know why, but walking in sand, like if you've ever been to the beach, you can imagine like trying to trudge across the, the beach in like boots and gear and you know, your, your gun and your camera gear and just all this weight is like, it's brutal. And it's just miles and miles of hills and, and it's just endless. And oh, you wow. get out there and you don't like, you don't even think there would be deer there. It's just, it literally just looks like it's this flat nothing, which from a distance it looks flat, but then when you get up to it, it's just these hills, like these rolling hills. And so the deer essentially like go down into the gullies, um, you know, to bed. So they're out of the wind and out away from, you know, the eyesight of predators and such. So you're, you're hiking and, and you're glassing and try to get to the highest point that you can. And I mean, it's just like nonstop. Like I had blisters on my feet by like day three. It was, it was crazy. So we get out there and, you know, four days into this five day hunt, we finally see like our first buck. And so like, it was so crazy because we're like, oh my gosh, this is not going to happen. Like, what are we doing out here? This is just, we're, you know, we're putting ourselves through these conditions for no reason. And and so we finally see this deer at 700 yards. Actually, we spotted him at 2,000 yards. Oh, wow. And yeah, so like just imagining that. It's, it's over a mile that we're looking at these deer. And so we hike to, you know, we try to scurry to get closer. And we finally get up to 700 yards. And uh, my friend's like, okay, I, I, I feel comfortable, like, because, you know, we had long-range rifles, obviously. So um, he was like, all right, he shoots, he finally gets one, and we were so excited, it was awesome. And then, basically, I had one day to actually hunt for myself, so I was like, oh my gosh, this is never going to happen, like, you know, and we had no standards, like, any shooter, like, any deer with a decent rack was going to was gonna be okay for us, because, like, you know, this is just crazy. So, um, the next day, we're hiking, and, you know, we finally, we spot a group of deer that are bedded, 
but they are like right next to the like this private like the private line uh border and we're like oh gosh i don't know if this is gonna work so we get over there and and uh i don't know if you know what onyx maps is but i use oh, that i, I i'm yeah. on it every single day <laughs> yeah, literally every single day like that is like my favorite thing ever so we're looking on onyx and we're like okay I, i'm pretty sure we're good like we're like mapping it out we're like all right so we we crawl up to these deer and we're like okay there is a buck in there and he was bedded down but he was bedded facing straight towards us and this was only like maybe like i don't know 200 yards it wasn't wasn't crazy um so we're like all right well we're just gonna have to wait till he stands up because if we try to move around um the does might see us or whatever so we're just laying there and he laid there for what felt like forever i'm pretty sure it was like 35 40 minutes that he actually laid there but I, I felt like hours were going by and I was like oh my gosh he's never gonna stand up so then finally he stands up and we're like okay get ready and he like takes a couple steps and lays right back down <laughs> and we're like oh this is never gonna work <laughs> and and the one guy that was with us he was like oh my gosh I really just want to like throw a rock at him or something to get him to stand up and I was like no don't do it we'll just be patient so finally he stands up and I get on him and I, I felt comfortable, but I ended up missing him the first shot. I don't know if I just flinched, um, but I was like, oh my gosh. And I like panicked, like my heart like dropped immediately. I was like, oh my gosh, I just blew it. Like this is over. I, I waited this whole time for this and I blew it. Well, luckily he didn't know what was going on and he kind of just jumps behind this hill and the, the does like stood up. And he, he took just like a step out, just enough for me to see him. And I, I shot and I dropped him. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And everybody was like, ah, like screaming. And, and we were so happy. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, it actually worked. Like, uh, I, I was like panicking, but also like super excited at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, I've never hunted muleys, but I mean, I've seen them whenever I was out in Colorado. And they're just a unique animal. I mean, if you're used to hunting whitetails, you're just not used to you know, what these muleys do and how they act. So the fact that you're able to get in on one like that the last day, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was the hardest hunt I've ever been on. I mean, physically, mentally, and, and emotionally for sure, but it was definitely like worth it just to kind of have it all come together. And like I said, like, I mean, that's the first mule deer I've ever killed. So I, it was totally new for me and to be able to pull it off like that was, was fun. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Caitlin, any other uh, stories? I kind of cut you off and let you know brought up a couple of those, but any of those, uh, any other stories, kind of come to mind for you whenever you look back? Um. Well, one one story in particular that I think is just kind of unique and fun um, it involves turkeys. Um, so in Kansas, um, I have some good friends who are um, out there. They have out there. It's like an outfitting business, and. Um, I've never been the greatest turkey hunter. I've, I've only ever killed one before going to them. Um, so, like, I wasn't great at it. But um, the way they hunt them in Kansas is so unique. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of reaping. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I've never done that because it's illegal in Pennsylvania to do that. I don't know if it's just because of, like, a safety thing because uh, we have a lot of hunters here. But out in Kansas, in the flats, you can do that. So, they do that out there and I never like really knew, like I heard of it, but I never really knew what it was. And when we get out there, 
it was the coolest thing to go out and just hide behind. We didn't even have a full decoy. It was just like a fan. And these, these birds would just come running into us. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, it was the coolest thing. And so we would, and I'd be filming, like we would, we would film it. And, and so like, we'd be like, okay, get ready. Like they're coming in and I'm just behind the fan. Like, okay, I can't even see anything. And all of a sudden I like, I would just kind of peek over and they were like 10 yards from us. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> so I had a couple encounters like that in Kansas uh, where my friend and I got to reap, reap the birds. And so like, that was like, cool like it was like what is this like totally oh, yeah. new style of like hunting so yeah I, I i actually got to do that last year i, I um my we should have doubled i missed my bird but the i mean these birds were out in the field and came out and i was with my friend wyatt and we came up over the crest and they saw i could tell that they saw the decoy so we just dropped on our stomachs put that thing in the ground and next thing you know they were on top of us and we said three two one and he shot mine flew and that was that but i mean yes. it was you know, there's, there's, there is, you know, you got to be smart about it. You don't want to do it probably in heavy wooded timber on public ground, but right. if you're out in the open, like Kansas definitely probably has several opportunities where you can go out there and see them a long way. And man, that's, I tell you what, nothing gets your heart pumping like an animal coming in like that. That's for oh, sure. For sure. And it, yeah. And they don't, they don't take their time. I mean, they were running to us, like beelining it. So like, that was like, oh my gosh, this is working out. Like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. So. That's sweet. Well, I, one other question I was going to ask you, just kind of looking, I, I noticed as I was just looking for the picture of that buck, you seem to be a coyote killer. Like I've seen some pictures. It looks like there's at least two or three different pictures where you've, you've smacked some coyotes. So how has that all worked out? Uh, yeah. So most of the coyotes I've killed, um, have actually been down in Texas. Um, I have a friend who lives I have a friend in almost every state, so it kind it of works. sounds like you know a lot of people. Yeah. Like you're able to hunt any place you want to. I'm a little jealous here, Caitlin. Kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, so my other friend um, down in Texas, um, we were actually down turkey hunting. Uh, this would have been last year. Um, and so we weren't really having success with turkeys. I don't – they just – they were all henned up and not really cooperating, so – um, she was like, all right, we're going to just forget the birds for now. We're going we're gonna to go have fun and do something fun. And I mean, I've, I've coyote hunted, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania and Missouri and stuff like that. And it's a little bit more difficult. Um, but down there, it seems like there's just coyotes everywhere and they are always like on the hunt basically. So we go down there and she's got, she's got her call and she's like, okay, we're just going to sit right here and we're going to, sorry about the clock. Um, she's like hey we're gonna sit right here i'm gonna put the call out and you're gonna shoot one and i'm like okay sure whatever you say and sure enough she puts that call out and not even like three minutes go by and one comes darting out and she's like okay there he is and i was like all right this is cool so i shot one and i was like all right maybe that just you know like, flew, middle, like what what time of day is this um it, middle of the day like early oh, afternoon ish yeah yeah and I was like, all right, I mean, maybe it was like a fluke, like just happened to be a coyote nearby, but no, we moved, we, I mean, we, we would literally sit at a, at a particular spot, call for maybe 10 minutes, if that, and if one didn't show up, she's like, okay, we're going to get up and move. And we would, we would move to like a couple hundred yards down the way and she'd put the call out and we'd have one come in or whatever. And then actually I ended up getting a mating pair, like I, a double, I guess you could say. Um, we, we took out a couple other people and we were all like sitting this like fence row and it was just like this field, I guess, like Sendero. I don't know if you know what that is. Like, yeah. it's like 
you know, the brush that's, like, mowed down or whatever. Um, there was maybe, like, 200 yards of that, not even, and then just brush on the other end. So she put the call out. We're all sitting there. And I see just a head pop out, and I get on it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I shoot it. And then next thing you know, like, not even a few seconds later, another one pops out the exact same spot, like, looking for the other one, I guess. And I shoot that one. I was like, what the heck's going on? And we get up there, and she's like, oh, you just shot a mating pair. Like, if you shoot, I guess if you shoot the male first, the female will run away. But if you shoot the female first, the male will come looking for her. I don't know. That's what she said. Because males are stupid like that. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) But I don't know. That's what she said. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's, that's what happened. Cause I, that was, I mean, it was cool. Cause I was like, all right, well, cool. So I doubled up on what she called a mating pair. So oh, that's incredible. That's yeah. great. You know, Caitlin, I, it, it's just cool to me to hear you tell all these different stories. So you've been able to hunt multiple States, kill multiple species. Um, and I, I usually, I don't have, uh, I've had a few girls on before, um, is there anything that you would, you know, it sounds like you're just out having a blast hunting. What advice would you give to a girl wanting to get into hunting? I know it's, you know, there's always these stereotypes and I see so many girls like yourself that are overcoming that and, you know, just going out and just killing more animals than what I've ever killed. So what, what advice would you give to maybe a, a younger girl or a girl, any girl that was looking to get into hunting a little bit more? Well, um, I don't know if you really kept up with my, like, Instagram as of like the last few days, but I did, I just made a post recently that, um, was like kind of a shout out to all the ladies out there because I really don't have a whole lot of female, um, like I, I have a a decent female following, but they kind of lay low and they don't really say much. And like, it's always the guys that want to, you know, Oh, what, what'd you get this with or whatever? And where are you going now? And like, it's interesting to me because like I don't really get a lot of female interaction I guess um Mm -hmm. and so like unless unless I call for it like if I'm like hey ladies this is for you and I had so many comments and they're like oh you know like yay I'm proud to be a hunter and stuff like that but nobody ever wants to talk about it so I would say as far as um like what I was would suggest to someone trying to get into it is do not be afraid to reach out to someone and ask questions and you know if you don't have like you know, someone that you have close to you, like, like, I mean, I'm always willing to offer advice to girls and, and I would just say, just reach out because you gotta, you gotta take the first step to make the second step and the third step. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, like, it's obviously very difficult to become involved or, or feel that involvement. Um, so reach out and, and just, do as best as you can to learn. And if you have an interest, there's going to be someone who's going to help you. Like, you know, we're all a a tight knit community. I would say, um, hunters just want to help other hunters out. So just, you know, talk to someone and and somebody's going to help you for sure. So that's solid, solid advice. And I think that's, I mean, it goes for any person getting into hunting, but I think you're right. I think, you know, there's so much today. We we are so blessed to have all of the information at our fingertips. We also have Instagram where we can reach out to anybody through a direct message and just say, hey, can you give me some pointers? And some people are jerks and they won't help, but um, there are a lot of people that are willing to give you some pointers, some tips, you know, and give you some advice and point you in the right direction. So I think that's that's some great advice there. Yeah, and I, I, I have, like, guys who will ask me, how do I get my girl involved or, you know, my, my daughter or whatever. 
I'm just like, make sure, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try to get them involved and they're kind of on the fence about it, it's different if they ha have a genuine interest and they're like, okay, I want to do this. But if they're kind of on the fence, like, well, maybe I'll do it. Then I always tell them, make sure if you take them out, make sure they have a great first experience. You want them to be able, even if, okay, let's say you're deer hunting and even if you're not maybe seeing deer, take them somewhere they're going to see wildlife or some sort of like nature, something in nature that's going to like spark them like, oh, this is actually cool or this is fun and, you know, give them a reason to want to go back. Mm. So I guess that would be my advice to like the guys out there who are like, oh, I don't really know how to get them out there, but I well, mean, that's good. Yeah, so that's what I would say. It's just make it fun, and you know, obviously, you're not going to have a kill every time, but just just do something that's going to keep them wanting to come back. So that's great. Well, Caitlin, thanks so much for coming on and sharing some of those stories. I really appreciate that. I just I like how we were able to just jump around, and it seems like you've been able to just uh, go a lot of different places and experience a lot of different states and species and. That's that's awesome. I'm, I'm I definitely if you want to see some really cool pictures um, and see what Caitlin's into, uh, just once again, Caitlin M underscore thirty four, and that's a Caitlin with an eight uh, in the middle there on Instagram, and you can check that out. But just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing all those stories, and really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I really had a good time sitting down with Caitlin yesterday and, and recording that interview and kind of hearing her stories, and she did a great job with that. Um, you know, one of the things I picked up on a little bit there at the end is she was talking about with her advice to, to young girls or to anybody really is the idea of learning more as you go. Uh, you can't take step three and four until you take step one and two. And so for people just starting out, I think it's good for you to start with the basics. Pick up on like three or four principles of hunting, whatever animal you're going after, and, and, and apply those to this coming season. Make some simple goals. Don't make your goal so lofty and, and based off of like a TV show, like you're going to shoot if you're you know going after whitetails this fall for the first time. You know, don't aim for a 150 uh, unless you got them tied up in your backyard. You might want to start a little bit smaller, learn deer patterns, learn deer habitat, learn where they're feeding and bedding, kind of the basics of hunting. Get in there and try and learn some of that stuff. And like she said, ask somebody. You know, get on these forums. Uh, bowhunter.com is a great forum. I like, if you're a saddle hunter like me, I like saddlehunter.com. Um, you know, there's Rock Slide. There's, you know, Bowhunters of America on Facebook. There's all kinds of places that you can go out, contact somebody and say, hey, I just want to know, you know, a little bit more. Don't go on there and be like, hey, guys, um, show me your best spot kind of thing. That, that annoys people. But if you go on and just say, I want to learn more, I want to grow uh, as a hunter, people usually are pretty willing to help out. And so strongly recommend that, you know, and if you're already a hunter, sometimes we can get kind of, you know, sedimentary and satisfied with where we are as hunters and we stop learning and we think we know it all because maybe we've had a little bit of success. I think the idea is we continue to grow, we continue to learn, we continue to get better and, um, you know, we make mistakes, but we, we grow and we learn in this thing that we love called hunting. You know, like I, if you know me, obviously, you know, I'm headed somewhere with this. I, I always see the outdoor world relating to the spiritual world. I think it's all connected. I don't put them in separate boxes. Uh, it, this whole thing kind of reminded me of a verse from Hebrews 6, uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, let us move past the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Um, 
you know, I, I think a lot of us might have just kind of a basic understanding of Jesus. And if you don't know anything about him, that's where you start. Uh, he actually existed. There's tons of historical evidence to prove that this man walked the face of the earth. And uh, whether or not you think he's uh, Lord, liar, or lunatic, uh, that's, that's something that you've got to kind of learn or figure out on your own. But if you do believe in, in Jesus, it's not, not enough really just to know who he is. If he's just some kid, some, some guy that you learned about whenever you were a kid in, in uh, you know, Sunday school or whatever, that's, that's, that's good. That's a good start. But this verse is saying we've got to continue to grow and learn more about who that guy was. Um, there's more than just knowing, yeah, I know him as a historical figure. What does it mean for him to be uh, somebody that I really actually know? I know what he, you know, I don't know if you guys remember the WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Well, I can't answer that question unless I actually know what Jesus did. And in order to know that, I've got to read about him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So that would be my challenge for you guys today. If, if you don't know anything about Jesus, check it out. You know, at least look into him. Um, maybe go and, and ask somebody. You're welcome to ask me questions about why I believe what I believe. Um, but if you have maybe put your faith in Jesus and you started to believe in him a little bit, don't just stop there. There is so much more. He is such, he's the most unique individual that ever walked this earth. Um, and so many crazy stories and so many awesome stories about what he did and how he was bold and loving. And, and I can go on for hours uh, about about that. But Anyway, that's the idea. Continue to learn, continue to grow uh, in your faith and in your knowledge and also in, in your hunting. Thank you guys for mu- so much for checking out another episode of Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast. We'll be coming back here hopefully next week with another story. And if you'd like to be on the show, as always, once again, reach out, sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Send me a message on there on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can reach out. And would love to hear your hunting stories. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember to shed the light.